market for a new vehicle? Find it now at JimEllis.com, the only place where you can shop and compare more than 4,500 cars, trucks, and SUVs from Jim Ellis Automotive's entire network of 20 dealerships. I'm Stacey Ellis, Vice President of Jim Ellis Automotive. As Georgia's largest family-owned and operated dealership group, we have lots of choices for you, including one of the largest inventories of new certified pre-owned and pre-owned vehicles in the state. An exclusive collection of gas, hybrid, and electric models from 20 locations representing nearly 40 brands and featuring more than 4,500 vehicles. Start your deal online with the Jamel's Expressway and save time at the dealership or complete your entire purchase from home. Calculate your payment, determine your trade-in value, and more. And when your purchase is complete, our Jamel's Expressway delivery trucks are available to deliver your new vehicle to your home or office. Ready for a quick, easy, and convenient car buying experience? Visit Jamel's.com today. Jamel's Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Sports Today proudly presents the Chuck Oliver Show. It's an inside look at everything college football. Now live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time to talk college football with the reigning king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. Promise you the list is shorter. Maybe way shorter. It is Chuck Oliver's show. On this Friday, and I talk college football, and for the past almost 48 hours, uh, there's only been one list, and it's the list of candidates to replace Nick Saban at Alabama. Um, It's a list that did not take shape the way that we thought it would initially. We thought Dan Lanning, and Dan Lanning removed himself first before anything really picked up steam. Um, Steve Sarkeesian has done the same thing. When I say the list has gotten shorter, there's probably three names that if I were to walk to the window and bet a Franklin on it, there are probably three names on that list right now. Tom, Tommy Reese might be one of them. Uh, Mike Norvell is another. And apparently, Kalen DeBoer is meeting with his AD right now. So when I say the list is shorter, it may have been decreased by one. As Kalen DeBoer is saying, hey, man, I'm on board at UW. Uh, it may be Kalen DeBoer saying, been fun, out. Uh, I don't know any better source. ESPN and Chris Lowe when it comes to the SEC and Nick Saban and what happens next. So let's bring the man on right now. Chris, welcome to the Chuck Oliver Show. How you doing today, friend? I'm doing great. It's good to be with you guys. A monumental day. And before we try to break the next news, I want to just linger on Saban for like a minute. Um, I was lucky enough to go to games where Bear Bryant coached, and then I went to a Georgia Tech game in 84 where Ray Perkins was the coach, and it just didn't feel the same. It's it's not going to feel the same. I mentioned Kalen DeBoer to someone yesterday, and he kind of went, oh, that doesn't feel the same. I was like, it's not going to. Just tell – oh, uh, we dropped Chris? Okay, we're, we're going to get Chris back then. Um, I, was, I was mentioning this as far as Kalen DeBoer – uh, being the higher, and there was a little bit of a, uh, it's not going to feel the same. And I'm like, who do you think you could hire to be the head coach at Alabama that's going to feel the same as Nick Saban? You got a perfectly fine coach in Ray Perkins to replace Bear Bryant. Didn't feel the same. 
Now, it was 100 years ago when a college team would actually go to the NFL and pluck a guy, and so that's not really the environment anymore. But, uh, Chris, what I was saying is with Kalen DeBoer or anybody, it's not going to feel like Nick Saban. Um, Put coaching and quality and what they do going forward ahead. Just talk about how it was more than just they won a lot of games. There was an aura. Well, yeah, it's it's one of the greatest runs in – in college sports history, you know, not just football. I mean, people people ask me what would he compare to, and I know I'm showing my age, but a little bit what John Wood did at UCLA in the 60s and 70s. Maybe not quite to that degree, um, but still to win seven national titles, six at Alabama, uh, and, and the times that he finished second. I mean, what twice they they lost in the national championship game. Couple more times in the, in the college playoff. I mean, you had the kick six in 2013, or they're playing for the national title in 2013. So, you know, you think about Jack Nicholas and all the seconds he had majors over and above all the majors he won. Saban was sort of the same way, and he did it at a time, and I think this is important to remember he did it at a time and in an era when the SEC has never been better. You know, you go back 25 years. There have been six different SEC teams to win national titles. So it wasn't like, you know, when UCLA was dominating the Pac-10 back then in basketball, it was them and then everybody else. I mean, there's been a lot of good football teams in the SEC over the last two decades, uh, and yet he's still done it and, and really adapted and evolved as well as anybody, even though when he walks away he's 72, you look at sort of the way the, his program has continued to evolve and to sort of be up and catch up and be with the times. I thought he was as good as anybody at that and probably doesn't get enough credit for that, honestly. So Wednesday at four local time, he declared enough. Um, enough of what? Like, what was the re- I've talked about the roster whack-a-mole that is just driving everybody crazy, but what was the reason or reasons that made him declare right here, right now? Yeah, and I hate to, I hate to put him in priority because I don't want to speak for him. I've talked to him about him. And there's 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 multiple factors that led him to, to where we are right now. Uh, I'll talk about some of them that I know were absolute factors. His age and the grind that the season had on him. He told me last month when we talked about it that that he just he just the commitment that he wants to give to the job that at his age and where he is health wise he's not in poor health. He just couldn't do it the way he wants to do it, the way he's always wanted to do it. And if anybody knows Nick Saban, he ain't going to do it. He's not going to change. He's not going to slack off. He's going to do it a thousand percent all the time. And he, this was a tough season on him. It, the piano got on his back big time. I think that's one. Uh, I think the you know coaches coming and going, players coming and going, and constantly being asked, Coach, are you, are you going to be there three years from now? Well. He told me, he said, I just can't look somebody in the face and say that I can make that commitment. And it just kept coming back to that this year, last year. Um, and not just players, the recruits or, or transfer guys, but coaches. I mean, he was still interviewing assistants Tuesday and Wednesday uh, for, for a couple open jobs. And every question, those interviews almost invariably, the first couple of questions they had to him was, well, coach, you know, if I move my family there, are you going to be there three years from now? You know, is my daughter going to be able to finish high school there? And I think that was something with all the turnover on his staff the last few years that wore on him. But I think the, the state of college football clearly was something that he didn't like, was frustrated by, and 
you know, the, the just lack of uniformity when it comes to the portal and, and NIL. I think those were all factors. And, and he, he also told me that he was never going to let it get to a point to where he felt like the program, when, it, when it, he felt like it was time to walk away after talking to his wife, Terry, that he wanted to make a thousand percent sure that the program was still on a really good trajectory. He never wanted to leave as it was dipping or starting to dip. And whoever comes in there, and this was important to him, comes in in a good situation, that this will be a place where whoever it is, whether it's, whether it's Kevin DeBoer, whether it's Mike Norvell, that they can come in and continue to compete and be a playoff championship caliber team right away. Continuing with Chris Lowe, ESPN.com, and he broke the news. Broke the news to me. I told you. I saw it was on the Internet, and I saw it was from Chris Lowe. I was like, must be true. Um, so, Alabama now, where do they go? And I want to start down the hall. Tommy Reese, that got real uh, pretty quick um, from the South Florida game where, why did we hire this guy? Man, imagine that fans going from well, this guy's in over his head to why he's done a great job. That never happens in college football. No, um, no, Tommy did a great job. And I know, I know Saban has a lot of respect and thinks this guy's a star, but he is 31. He's never been a head coach. I mean, for for him to be the guy, and I'm not saying he's not a serious candidate. I think they have or will talk to him. Um, I think some other things are going to have to fall through. Uh, just just because of some of the things I point out. Now, I do think at some point Tommy's going to be a, a really good head coach somewhere. And and having been there, um, I think that helps that he's been inside the building. He's He's got that that saving stand. I think Mike Locksley's another guy that's in it. I'm not saying he's at the top, but he, I think he should be in it. When you look at what he's done at Maryland the last couple of years, that, that place was you know, he, he, he builds that thing from the ashes. He's, he's been a great quarterback, offensive guy. He's worked at, at Alabama under Saban. He's a juggernaut recruiter, uh, and he's done it at a really high level. Uh, but I do think the two names at the top of the list are Kalen DeBoer and Mike Norvell. I think for, for it to get to, to Reese or Loxley, there's going to have to be some type of snag or those guys say no or Washington and or Florida State step up and pay those guys crazy money. And they say, Chuck, hey, if I'm going to make nine or ten million dollars a year, whatever that figure is, at, at places that are established places, places that have have shown that they can play, compete for championships, and have everything in place to do that. I mean, Florida State wins the ACC, and you know, depending on who you talk to, you should have been in the playoff. I mean, Washington plays in the national title game this year. Do those guys look at it and say, you know what, I got really good jobs? You know, Washington's getting ready to go to the Big Ten. We know we can win here. Do I really want to go into that pressure cooker and try to follow that guy? I mean, I'll throw a name out to you, Gene Bartow. I know that means something to you. Probably half the people under 40 are saying, who is Gene Bartow? I mean, he's the guy, he's the guy that went in after John Wooden and won, but it wasn't. he didn't win enough. And I think that's always the concern of coaches when you go in to replace a legend. I mean, you've heard the cliche, you know, you want to be the guy that replaces the guy that replaces the guy. You don't want to be the guy that replaces the guy. And sometimes that's becomes a factor in these job searches. But, no, I do think that uh, right now that the, the search is centered primarily around DeBoer and Norvell. 
Yeah, that's the uh, principle of how Gene Bartow wound up at UAB. I mean, you get a Final Four coach at UAB because he won, but just not enough. Uh, wrap it up. Chris Lowe, senior writer, ESPN, ESPN.com. He knows what it is, man, Southeastern Conference. Um, okay, so Kirby Smart. There's a level of contact, and that literally is all it is. He wasn't offered the job. He didn't ask for the job. Neither we just had contact about. Was there any sort of reach out to Kirby Smart? Is that one of those things you just have to call and he, he and Dabo get get a call? Oh yeah, I, I don't think there's any question. I think if you're, you're not doing your job, if you're not at least kicking those tires, Kirby and or Dabo, and and. Listen, I haven't talked to Dabo and I haven't talked to Kirby, but I would, I've talked to people around that situation. I think they're absolutely, and I'm not saying Greg Byrne picked up the phone and called him, but I think there's absolutely some inquiry about, hey, any interest. And, but I don't, I don't, with either guy, I don't think it ever got past first base. And, you know, I don't want it to be, well, Kirby turned him down or Dabo turned him down. I don't, I don't think that's the case at all. But I think in any job search, when you're Alabama, why would you not call anybody and everybody you thought was an elite coach and had won championships and at least gauge their degree or if there was any degree of interest before you really narrowed down who you were going to go after? Because ADs want to know who, who's realistic, who, who fits what I want, who, who can we realistically hire and, and not have this drag out for two weeks and have public turndowns. Last thing for you, and I'm kidding, but I'm really not. Um, give me a comment. I, I would like to be as good at anything as Jimmy Sexton is at negotiating contracts. Um, how, how does he get all the coaches to come up out of the wicker basket? And, and like, how is he so great at his job? Well, he's, he's, first of all, he works 20, 22 hours a day, I think. He's always on the phone. Uh, he's always in touch with all his guys. They they can call him at any hour of the night about anything. I think there's supreme trust there with all his coaches and clients. And he's a, he's a master at walking that tightrope. I mean, think about it. He's had guys like Kirby and Jimbo and, and Nick, uh, uh, Lane Kiffin, who are going after each other daily on the recruiting trail, playing games. I mean, intensely competitive people. And yet, they all trust him because they know he's a pro and he's going to do what's best for them. I mean, then you ask how, well, look at the number of coaches out there that are getting paid mega dollars not to coach that Jimmy negotiated their contracts. So if I'm a coach, if I'm coach A and I'm looking, you know, and I know that I'm going to have some interest, I mean, who do I want to negotiate my contract? The guy that's, you know, helped get Gus Malzahn. You know, twenty-one million dollar buyout, and then helped him get to UCF after that. Got Ed you know, Ogeron and Destin. Yeah, yeah, and got you know Jimbo a seventy-seven million. I mean, dollar buyout, and it's not just the buyouts, but it's being able to to have the relationships with decision makers. I think this is key with decision makers at schools, ads, presidents, that they trust him and they feel like, yeah, he's going to be a tough negotiator and he's going to drive a hard bargain. But he's going to be honest with him, and he's not going to play him necessarily. And he's not going to – you know, the other thing about Jimmy is, you know, when's the last time you've seen Jimmy quoted or out there in the public never, forum never. on camera? He, he just he – just, that's not his thing. Um, he's, he's a guy that's there for his clients. And, hey, 
I've heard people say he runs college football, that he's the guy behind the curtain, and that he's the one that reason his salaries are out of control. And most of them are. But you know what? He ain't working for you or me. He's working for his clients. And he's, as you said at the outset of your question, he's, he's as good as there is at it. Chris Lowe, I appreciate you carving out some time. Busy, busy day. Thank you, friend. You bet, man. Take care. Chris Lowe, ESPN.com. I want to be as good at anything as Jimmy Sexton is at negotiating contracts. Um, and what Chris hit on there, it's more than just he represents Nick and Jimbo, and they're squawking at each other in public, and then Jimmy has the Jimmy Sexton and Associates barbecue, and everybody's there together, I guess. I don't know. Um, it's more than that. It's that... He negotiates with the same AD on multiple clients. And the clients trust that you're representing me to the max. Unbelievable. And I believe he is too. And it's funny that Chris brought that up at the end. He's like, when's the last time that you, folks, Scott Boros, who was Drew Rosenhaus, couldn't get in front of the camera enough. There are certain agents, sugar who they have to be as much of the uh, story as the athlete. How many of you even know what Jimmy Sexton looks like? He is is as good at his job as you can be, and he is perfectly fine to be anonymous doing it. All right, we're going to take a break, come back, jump into it next. To the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. Amid all our interest in who's next for Alabama, there was supreme weirdness literally just down the street, just down the sidewalk from Nick Saban's office. Remember, Nick Saban, he gave an interview with Chris Lowe, ESPN. He gave an interview. Like, he didn't die. He retired, and then he went on camera. He's still with us. He walks among us. There is a concrete pathway. Heath, you been to Bryant-Denny the past, I don't know, 10 years? I don't think I've been over there in that time frame. Not okay. since the news they put up the statue. I haven't been over there since no, then. Okay. Um, back side of the stadium, one side of the stadium, north maybe. There was, it was a fraternity house. There was just it was a scene outside of a, like you know outside of a, any other stadium. Well, Bama brought the property, turned it into a concrete pavement for a while, and people were like, "What are you doing?" And now they got nine foot bronze statues of all the coaches who have won national championships at Bama, and there's a lot of them. Uh, Nick Saban has a nine foot bronze him. Um, and again, he made an announcement and then went on TV. He didn't pass. At the Saban statue over the past 36 hours, Little Debbie oatmeal cream pies hither and yon. And I will tell you, the first time I went to Mardi Gras, not in New Orleans, in Mobile, do you know what the hall from Mobile Mardi Gras can be, Heath? The edible hall? I do not. Moon pies. 
They don't throw beads as often as they throw moon pies. I don't look it up. In fact, I look it up. Um, these are edible and they're good and they're if they're prepackaged. Little Debbie oatmeal cream pies everywhere. Bottles of barefoot wine, cans of Coke, a slice of pepperoni and sausage. Basically, anything that he had touched, it was a relic at this point. We had to represent it. Any Michael Jackson CDs? He's Handwritten letters, uh, Eagles as well. Now, this one, a can of gold-flavored Four loco. I'm pretty certain that that was not a Nick Saban fave. I'm sure he wasn't hitting... The sit-go for the five-hour energy shot and the four loco. There was a decoy duck. There were flowers. Somebody left a dollar bill. I Like, as a last little thanks, I don't know. <laughs> but, but we were all distracted by the search for the actual next coach, Heath. We missed our opportunity to lay down our tribute to St. Nick. Um, and I'm not kidding. Uh, I came back to Auburn. I was a freshman at Auburn. We went to Mobile's Mardi Gras. I came back with a 1983 Thunderbird trunk full of moon pies. Um, if I'm a college kid, I'm scooping up the oatmeal cream pies right now. Is there anywhere that does this with Goo Goo Clusters? Because if so, I'll drop by for that. I'm not much of an oatmeal guy, but I'll, I'll show up for some Goo Goo Clusters now. So if somebody wants to start doing ritual, uh, ritual sacrifice of Goo Goo Clusters, somebody, let me know. Uh, I'll tell you the craziest thing. It didn't happen there, Chuck, but uh, I know for a fact that there is someone who works in media who is a Bama alum that is literally getting a tattoo to honor Saban. Absolutely. And the tattoo that he is getting is not of Saban's face. It is a tattoo of a Little Debbie oatmeal pie. Uh, no doubt. As a tribute to Nick Saban. That is a I thing that is early, actually happening next week. Wild Turkey and Chesterfields. Uh, who's that with? bear everybody knows that there are items we associate with coaches now there's no doubt about it it is his signature yeah. thing and of all the things too by the way uh i don't, I don't know i mean the idea that you'd want to eat that all the time because some of these coaches chuck you know the deal that they, they like to say oh i eat the same thing every day so i don't have to put any brain power into yep. thinking about it i wear the same outfit every day so i don't put any brain power into thinking about it if you could pick one thing to eat every day that's the thing you went with, not not chocolate chip cookies, fresh baked, not not a delicious meatball sandwich, little Debbie oatmeal pies. That's that's quite a choice. You know his word clutter. He said exactly what you hit on. He said I try to remove clutter, and I found a dessert I like and a treat and a snack. And I think he said he would have two in the morning with his coffee while he watched the Weather Channel to see if they could practice outside. And I was like, is this nineteen seventy? Eight, Nick Saban. In the market for a new vehicle? Find it now at JimEllis.com, the only place where you can shop and compare more than 4,500 cars, trucks, and SUVs from Jim Ellis Automotive's entire network of 20 dealerships. I'm Stacey Ellis, Vice President of Jim Ellis Automotive. As Georgia's largest family-owned and operated dealership group, we have lots of choices for you, including one of the largest inventories of new certified pre-owned and pre-owned vehicles in the state. 
an exclusive collection of gas, hybrid, and electric models from 20 locations, representing nearly 40 brands and featuring more than 4,500 vehicles. Start your deal online with the Jamel's Expressway and save time at the dealership or complete your entire purchase from home. Calculate your payment, determine your trade-in value, and more. And when your purchase is complete, our Jamel's Expressway delivery trucks are available to deliver your new vehicle to your home or office. Ready for a quick, easy, and convenient car buying experience? Visit jamellis.com today. Jamellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. The king of college football, no matter where you go, with a new Southern Sports Today app. Catch the best college football conversation in the South everywhere with the SST live stream and daily podcast. Download it now at the App Store and the Google Play Store. Now more of the best college football talk in the country. It's the Chuck Oliver Show. Nine states, 60 sticks. We talk college football. If there is any fan base in college football that would like to hop in the DeLorean and go back about mm, seven weeks, it's Florida State's fans. And, by I, folks, I give, them, I give them license. If they want to go miss deal, five new cards right now. If you take inventory of what's happened to them over the last probably almost two months, my goodness, and now they may pay another you're in the ACC tax because somebody's going to come take your coach. Uh, I want to welcome on right now a man who can give us the lowdown on everything happening in Tallahassee when it comes to the program. I want to welcome on from Warchant.com. He's the managing editor. He's a man in charge. Irish Shuffle, welcome back, friend. How are you? I feel kind of like the, the dog in that meme of the, the dog in the flames and everything's fine. Uh, that's that's kind of how I'm feeling. Yeah, I, you know, if, if a Florida State fan wants to go palms up and just uncle, all right, enough. Um <laughs> Let's talk about right now. Uh, Mike Norvell, he's in Tallahassee. Do you think that that will be the status after the weekend? Uh, you know, I think it's still up in the air. Um, you know, I think that they're, you know, obviously if, if Alabama does make the offer and we don't have it definitively that he's the guy, I mean, I still think that there's other names. You know, how these things work is they'll, they'll you know, the agents are kind of negotiating for several oh, yeah. clients at the same time. And so they're all talking. And so I think that those negotiations are happening, but I don't know for sure whether or not he's going to get an offer. If he does, I think that, you know, his agent's going to, you know, Jimmy Sexton, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Mike to, to accept that job if he gets the offer because it's a 
could be a once in a career opportunity. Uh, at the same time, I think that, you know, there's a lot of reasons why maybe Florida State would make more sense for him. So I, I don't know how that's going to go. Uh, I think Florida State fans are just hoping maybe he doesn't get the offer and, uh, and he doesn't have to make that decision. Okay. Um, I, I only say this, like, partially tongue-in-cheek. Um, how do you get in trouble for recruiting violations in the era of name image likeness? <laughs> and I, I do want to clarify, this is not the current, like, big dog and FSU name image likeness. This is the previous one that had problems, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if they had problems. It, it really, yeah, they have two NIL organizations. The yeah. first one uh, was Rising Spear, and they're the ones that got cited in this complaint. They have another one that now is the battle's end that yeah. is not a part of this. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it really, if you if you just got to go back to where that was in time. This was almost two years ago. And yep. so what had happened was you just had that first signing class of the NIL era. Remember December 2021 when some of these classes and there started to be reports about how much money kids were getting and how much, you know, these million dollar deals and all this stuff. And, and the NCAA at the time, people thought they had just thrown up their hands and just do whatever the hell you want. And so I think some people in that org and then NIL group got a little lax. I think Alex Atkins, offensive line coach probably got a little lax and, and, yeah. and, you know, just kind of went beyond what they should have done. And in the grand scheme of things, it's probably something that everybody else at every school is doing. But they, you know, it got reported and they got investigated. And the NCAA works so slowly that this happened almost two years ago. It's now just coming to light. And my impression is there's probably going to be other cases. If you read like Ross Dellinger's report, uh, yep. you know, he talks about there's reports of, of head coaches. They, they have text messages from head coaches telling kids at schools to transfer to go into the portal. So. I think there's a chance there's going to be much more, uh, many more sanctions to come. This wasn't the only time, but but if nothing else happens and this is it, uh, you know, FSU fans certainly have right, reason to uh, gripe. Alex Atkins, um, nothing but glowing report cards in yeah. every category. Um, I saw this was several years ago, and I'm just going to use a phrase like there are guys that get stink on him, and Tosh Lupoy got some stink on him for well recruiting stuff, and nobody ever really like wound up pinning anything but he had to go like serve a penance and he's like i didn't do nothing um is alex atkins gonna have stink on him after this this seems so unfair yeah it's gonna be you know basically it came down to uh giving a giving the the, the transfer prospect a, a ride and uh in his car and that's basically it maybe a, a one or two phone calls so Three it games. doesn't seem like a big deal um but uh yeah you know i think he does have a show cause order um you know, he's a guy that his name was coming up for head coaching jobs. Yep. I mean, he's he was one of the hottest names in, in, in coaching, a young African-American coach who really, like you said, checks all the boxes, just really an attractive candidate uh, for, for any kind of job, be with a coordinator or a head coach. And uh, I, I want, what I wonder is if, if maybe this kind of pushes him more towards the NFL at some point because, you know, he's a guy who has already had overtures from NFL teams and had opportunities to go to NFL teams. And, and if you've got to deal with this, and if you are worried about that, then maybe this pushes you in that direction. But, but uh, you know, as of right now, uh, he's still able to coach. He just, he'll have to sit out those first three games for FSU. All right. Well, let's go back to how I introduced this. Um, let's talk about the psyche of 
the Florida State fan base because it has been, I mean, I used to play that Mike Tyson punch out, body blow, body blow, body blow. It has been the knee injury. Um, you became the only Power 5 team that will ever get left out of a four seed when you went undefeated. Orange Bowl, all this stuff. Where is the, because you interact literally with them every single day. How, how's the fan base? Not great. Not great. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, especially because they were so down. The fans were so down after getting left out of the, the playoffs. And then, uh, you you know, and then the, the weeks after that, it was just like a constant drip of players opting out of the Orange Bowl. Then you had to sit there and watch the Orange Bowl, watch Georgia hang a 60-burger on you. And then, you know, just kind of just one bad thing after another. And then you started getting some positive momentum again in the transfer portal. They've in the, Over the last two weeks, they've gotten, starting with DJ Uyungle, They've gotten 10 transfers over the last two weeks. Um, they now have the number four transfer class in the country, according to on three. So things have really been going in the right direction. And now, now in this last 24 hours, Mike Norvell's a candidate for the Alabama job and uh, your pro, your program gets hit with two years of probation. So it's uh it, it, it felt like it was going in the right direction. And now you have this again. The one thing I'm telling my FSU friends that text me and that I'm friends with is, you know, listen, if Norvell stays, everything else is going to be okay. But that's a big if. You know, we don't know how that's going to play out. Uh, all right. Well, two things here, and I'm not trying to be glib, but, I mean, by a lot of accounts, Jimbo quit coaching or fully extending himself while he was still there. Apparently, Norvell could be on his way to Tuscaloosa, and he's still flipping kids. Um <laughs> right. So, like, what? where is he right now? Like, what is he doing today? Because uh, Dan Lanning told us he was watching the Born Supremacy and then going to Max Day at the weight room. Yeah, we, uh, as far as we know, he's still hosting recruits. They've got two uh, transfer prospects coming in this weekend, one for another one from uh, Alabama uh, and, and one from uh, Florida and uh, that are visiting this weekend. And, and from everything we've been told, he's going to be a part of all those visits. He's here. He's, he's going to be taking part of it. There is a report from another uh, outlet that, that he is supposed to talk to um, Alabama people today. Uh, we haven't confirmed that. And, you know, and again, in, in today's technology, that could be by Zoom. It could be by anything. So we don't know for sure. But as, as far as we know, he is still here. He is still recruiting. As you said, they got a um, T.J. Ferguson, an offensive lineman who was at Alabama, just Alabama. Uh, announced. Yeah, just announced he's transferring to Florida State. So, so there he is definitely operating his business as usual. But you know, of course, we know his agent is probably doing his own thing. All right, last thing, and I don't mean to put you on the spot. You're an adult. You can say no comment. Um, do you have a personal opinion, a percentage, a chance that you would like to put out there that Mike Norvell gets offered the job and takes it? And if he does, you got an opinion about which direction Florida State would turn? It's tough, man, but just because I just don't know exactly, it, you know, if he'll get the offer. I think if he gets the offer, I think it's 50-50 at best. I think there's, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to take that job again do you ever, do you know if you'll ever get that offer again? But I think if he and I haven't spoken to him about this, but I just think if he thinks about the big picture and the challenge of, of replacing Nick Saban and uh, and and all of the things that go with that and the, the quality of life um, at, at this job versus that job, I think there's a lot of reasons to to say he would stay. But also, I mean, who turns down that job? I mean, I mean that's just it's hard to even yeah. say that with a straight face. So, so I think. Um, you know, I I would say it's fifty fifty, um, but I don't know for sure if he gets offered. <clears throat> excuse me, and then 
where they go next. I mean, it's it's. I know, you know Michael Alford, FSU's athletic director, is I think furiously working on that, just contingency plans in case things yeah. uh, go in a different direction. Um, but I, it's there's not an obvious name, and the problem they're going to have, I think, is. I don't think they can go back to the, you know, when they hired Willie Taggart and Mike, Mike Norvell, they kind of, they were seen as group of five coaches, even though Taggart had been at Oregon for a year, you were bringing up, it's hard to get power five coaches to come to another power five school. But at the same time, where they're at in the program and, and with the, the whole lawsuit with the ACC and all those things, I, I don't feel like they could take a risk on a lower level coach. So I, they're in a tough spot. Uh, I think they're going to have to go all in. I don't think they can go with another, you know, a, a more affordable option. Um, but, but yeah, I, I don't have a great deal on who that would be. My goodness. All right, Ira, appreciate your input. Thank you, friend. Thanks a lot. See you. Warchant.com, managing editor. So. It is a, and I've said roster whack-a-mole. It is a year-to-year, season-to-season. It is a week-to-week, 85 roster spot, 10 assistant coach, um, stomping out fires exercise. And at Florida State, you haven't had the same resources. I'll say as Alabama, and you may say, well, who does? Not many. Some, but not many. As it stands right now, Vanderbilt will get two and a half times more media money next year than Clemson. Mississippi State will get two and a half times more media money than FSU. It's not just Bama. Now, Bama will get all the additional money because if they have seven home games, they'll sell 100,000 tickets seven times. If they do the ultimate baller move, which some programs can do, you just buy up all your non-comp. You wait till the year that the one, like the Iron Bowl, would swap into Bryant-Denny, and you buy up the other three, and you don't play a week one, whatever, and so you get eight home games. Walk outside, and you're like, hey, uh, well, there's money in the way. I can't get the door open. But even at Mississippi State and Vanderbilt, you're flush. I promise. Florida State, not as much. Now, when I said the previous name image likeness that had problems, there was the when I, the initial effort, there were some schools, and LSU was one of them. We talked about it. LSU, Florida State, there were some big problem or big programs that at the outset, which would have been what, July 1, 2021? At the absolute outset of name image likeness. They tried to operate within the rules of what the NCAA said, which was you can't use it to recruit and you can't reward uh, play on the field. And so among the other programs that said, all right, well, let's set up some things and we'll give some on-camp, you know, already on-campus scholarship athletes, you know, whatever. And that's not how other programs approached it. And so they had to catch up. So they had false starts. They missteps. They, it just, it was not a smooth, you know, you need to treat this. We know in retrospect now, July 1st, it should have been like the land rush. Program should have gone out, been as a great. Think of the just paltry dollar signs that overwhelmed some kids two years ago. I told you the Derek King thing, when he was getting six grand a year from that gym, I thought it was robbery. Really? He's a he's a college quarterback. I, David Shaw, the Stanford coach. 
how can Bryce Young be getting $800,000 in name image likeness? My, I would ask the same thing right now. How did you get Bryce Young for only 800000 Not quite the same way he was asking the question. It was two years ago in the Stanford. They didn't play Bama. They had no reason to talk about the Bama quarterback. That's absurd. Tell me that's not recruiting. And all of us said, well, of course it's recruiting. But enforce it. Well, Florida State, that's another one of their – man, you talk about a fan base been a punching bag. So they were slow. Their efforts were slow out of the gate in name image likeness. They've gotten more aggressive, let's say. And so there is a booster that can't have any contact for a few years, and so they've trained – Big changes afoot, and the NCAA says you've got big issues because name, image, likeness. You found a way to violate that, and your coach is suspended for three games. And so that's – oh, and the show cause, by the way, which you have to let that either expire or show cause, uh, which means nobody's going to hire him. In in a lot of cases, it means nobody's going to hire him. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, Oh, wow, hour one wraps up next. College football talk with the king of college football. It's the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. Well, I don't think there's any good time, especially when you're a coach, because once you're a coach, you think you're going to be a coach forever. But I actually thought that uh, in hiring coaches, uh, recruiting players, uh, that my age started to become a little bit of an issue. People wanted Uh, assurances that I would be here for three years, five years, whatever, and that got harder and harder for me to be honest about. That's Nick Saban, and we will, strangely, we'll be hearing less from him that we'll pay attention to because studio conversation, it's not really what it once was. Um, there's the thought that Pat McAfee, at least when it comes to college football fans, I don't know, Heath, did college football fans ever cotton up to Pat or did that last all season? Because I saw about midseason that he was on the grassy knoll. He stole from the collection plate. He's the worst thing that ever happened to the game. There were definitely some fan bases that liked him better than others. The fact he went out of his way to pick fights with people like Georgia, Washington State, and others, uh, they certainly are not huge fans of Pat McAfee. So... The broadcast that happened before kickoff and after kickoff, is, and it's not necessarily for me either, um, but it can be fine programming, but I just, I, I, there are games on, man. Um, and I think Nick Saban, he's not going to be doing color on like the Tennessee, South Carolina broadcast. He's going to be the feature guy in studio. And somehow that doesn't include nearly as much to pay attention to. Um you know what the studio shows are supposed to be. It's supposed to be a chance to play some highlights and get the sponsored segments in, and that's just unfortunate. Um, studio shows, some of them, when you get to, like, NFL Network, that can be way, way different. But the more, like, ESPN Game Day, for instance, um, that is more features and the sponsored segments and what do we do to draw the biggest crowd behind us on a Saturday, and that's fine. They work their hustle, and boy, do they a better mousetrap. It's their mousetrap. It absolutely is. But but as far as press conferences and post-game and everything else about that team and that season and that quarterback and that opponent, 
It's always fantastic listening to Nick Saban. Then he would even go big picture and start pounding the table and knock that Coke bottle over. Hey, how's your Friday? Yeah, you know, the thing that he also did that I'm not sure anybody else has done, Chuck, I mean, people have been posting different clips of Saban and thoughts basically as like a life coach. Forget about just, you know, getting down to the details of how you're going to be Tennessee that week. Uh, Him just talking about how you as a person should be able to be a better person if you follow his principles. Remember his book that he put out was How Good Do You Want to Be? It was much more about... Uh, motivation and things like that than it was let me tell you the story about how i won a national title have you ever heard him talk about the illusion of choice uh yeah yeah okay. if, if i'm not going to get into it and i wouldn't do it service folks go google your computer nick saban illusion of choice like that's at the core of it. he's like if you want to be a champion see people talk about am i going to do what i have to do to be a champion he was like there's an illusion of choice like you don't have it, there's it takes what it takes is what how kirby you know boiled it down yeah, there, there's a clip that I saw that was it was a, a young kid at his coach's show, and he's asking him basically how can he be better to try and make his basketball team. And Saban gives him a minute and a half of of really good advice, not about you know work on your dribble so much as other things, but uh, but it's it's just the kind of quality that no other coach in college football has. And even a guy like Kirby, who is absolutely brilliant at being a football coach, he's not going to suddenly start doing that. That's not who that guy is. Uh, that was a one-on-one with Saban. The only other guy that would even be close to him for those kind of moments also stepped aside this week, and that's Pete Carroll. Yeah, he was a guy that both with the Trojans and, and even in Seattle, he kind of had those moments too. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Chuck, did you by any chance get a glimpse at the USA Today coaching tree graphic for, for Nick Saban? Did you get a look at this thing? Oh, it must look like the Black Forest. Well, it, it's impressive, but it's also much like that commercial that's out there right now for the candy bar where the guy at the end, uh, Andy Reid, comes over and says, hey, that's great. Who are the chefs? Uh, they've got this thing so detailed, Chuck. Head coaches who work for Saban at Alabama, and they've got 2012 Jim McElwain, Colorado State. 2011, Kirk Signetti to Indiana of Pennsylvania. 2016, Eric Kissall to Fresno State. They've got Loxley. They've got Kiffin. They've got Major Applewhite getting the Houston job and Jeff Collins at Temple and Lou Spanos in 2021 at UConn, Chuck. They've got them all. There is no branch for the 2016 season that involves Kirby Smart. Eric Kiesel made the graphic. Mike Loxley's there. Bill Napier. Bill Napier, not Billy. Bill Napier is there. Jeremy Pruitt, Joe Judge, Dan Lanning, Ron Cooper at LIU is there, Chuck. They left Kirby Smart off the graphic. There's a chance there's an addendum sometimes, or you wonder, you know, how are we in Austin and there's no LBJ banquet room, and then you go around the corner and it's the biggest banquet room. Like, there's a chance you missed it, like you had to go to the next page of the website. I don't think so because it literally says note does not include kevin Steele serving as auburn's interim coach after working at alabama in 2013 because Steele had been a head coach prior to 2013 they literally went into this whole detail about all these different guys getting their first job after being on saban's staff and they left off kirby smart i mean and again this is nothing malicious it's just amazing like you you literally tracked down some dude at liu but you didn't remember Oh, yeah. Yeah, Kirby was on that staff, wasn't he? That's just amazing to me. Oh, my goodness. I I'd referenced it the other day. Spurrier forgot about Tebow. I swear. I just left him off. Well, sometimes it happens.
In the market for a new vehicle? Find it now at jimellis.com, the only place where you can shop and compare more than 4,500 cars, trucks, and SUVs from Jim Ellis Automotive's entire network of 20 dealerships. I'm Stacey Ellis, Vice President of Jim Ellis Automotive. As Georgia's largest family-owned and operated dealership group, we have lots of choices for you, including one of the largest inventories of new certified pre-owned and pre-owned vehicles in the state. An exclusive collection of gas, hybrid, and electric models from 20 locations representing nearly 40 brands and featuring more than 4,500 vehicles. Start your deal online with the Jamel's Expressway and save time at the dealership or complete your entire purchase from home. Calculate your payment, determine your trade-in value, and more. And when your purchase is complete, our Jamel's Expressway delivery trucks are available to deliver your new vehicle to your home or office. Ready for a quick, easy, and convenient car buying experience? Visit jamelis.com today. Jamelis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com.